look around, look around you. Look at this. We created this. This didn't exist before we were here. Look around at the square. I promise you right now, we did this. Doesn't matter what anybody says. They can say it's disrespectful. They can say it's this and that. And that. Everybody's within. Everybody's within the rules. Everybody's doing their thing. All we are is proud and passionate. We are like a college sports team. The Toronto Raptors are a college sports team. I promise you. I love Toronto. I love this team. And we're going to the Worse, worse behavior. Motherfuckers never loved us. Man, what's going on is the Soft Straight Talk Show, episode 45. We've hit Michael Jordan's really actual dream number that he wanted, episode 45. His brother wore that jersey in high school, so we had to go with 23. He wanted 45 to begin with. That's crazy to know that, but I'm happy to be on episode 45. Uh, we had a Michael Jordan-type performance last night by a guy named Kawhi Leonard. I'm not trying to call him Michael Jordan. I'm not trying to put him in the same breath. But when you get type of when you get his type of um, adoration, like people call him the best player in the world, the best two-way player ever today, playing right now, um, actively, and calling him just all our dog. I mean, like you got to put some of these things that he's doing in the conversation with moments not his career's not over he can be shitty for three straight years and never be jordan but all i'm saying is that Kawhi leonard man he's showing greek freak and the difference from what i'm seeing is what i called out because i had that series uh four two uh milwaukee is that you know i said on the show that toronto got more experience milwaukee just seemed like the, i thought they was going to overwhelm that experience because Toronto's others weren't playing as well. Now they are. And what a perfect time to show up. You know, Cal Lowry, Van Fleet, Powell, Josh Powell, uh, uh, Marcus Saul, um, all those guys are showing up. So now, you know, you just need Marcus Saul to get three to four blocks, hit a couple threes, and rim protect by not, you know what I'm saying, I know it's showing up on a stat sheet of a block, but just being there. It's just helping so much. And I'm going to get into Milwaukee struggles as well. We're going to get into the game last night. We're going to talk about the first, uh, first, second, and third all-NBA selections. We're going to talk about, um, of course, Kevin Durant. He's, he's the topic of discussion. Uh, we're going to talk about, you know, the finals picture. It's starting to come into the fold a little bit because one more game for the Raptors, and they're going to the final. So this, this is going to be a good episode um, with me, you know, jabbering on uh, about what has been going down. Uh, got a little boxing uh, talk, too, uh, talking about what's going on around the welterweight division. Keith Thurman, Manny Pacquiao, July 20th, MGM Graham. Big implications for that fight. So, yeah, let's get this show on the road. First, I'm going to talk about um, briefly, I'm going to get into with what I just said, July 20th, Manny Pacquiao and Keith Thurman. A lot of people don't know Keith Thurman. I swear to God. In boxing, you know, you have people that, you know, that's undefeated like him. Some people may know him. Um, he had a time where, like, he really could have took off with some type of um, celebrity type with his boxing star. He's not a superstar. Uh, he's a person that's from Florida. He's a very uh, uh, character. He's, he's a very charismatic guy. You know what I'm saying? He likes to put on the theatrics. I think earlier on in his career, now he's kind of then uh, humbled up a little bit. Um, he had an injury that kind of took him out for about two or three years. Um, so this is his second fight this year coming back that he hasn't had in a long time. Uh, Manny Pacquiao just coming off a win against Adrian Broner which we all kind of figured who, who was going to win that fight, and he did. Um, I thought Adrian Broner was going to win the fight, actually. So, I mean, like, there's a lot of people that's like, man, you're crazy. So, I mean, I was. But, you know, I thought Adrian, younger, you know what I'm saying, that can be hungry, knowing that this can be his way out of that gatekeeper or just they just putting you there because you're silly. 
Yeah, Manny Pacquiao went out there and just did what he needed to do. I'll punch him, land a crisper shot, show the judges that I could control the ring and win the fight. I beat that boy. I beat that boy. Um, you know, got Terrence Crawford in the welterweight division. He's 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 waiting and lurking and seeing what's gonna happen, causing Twitter, you know, saying interaction between Errol Spence, uh, between uh even Keith Thurman. Like you said, Keith Thurman, he called him out and said, Hey, you said, you know, saying that I ain't no real welterweight. You know, won't you won't you fight me since you ain't all the way back yet? I'm somebody that you can you know, step in and fight. I got a belt as that too, so like, what's up? And, you know, he's telling a lot of truths there, but Keith Thurman, you know, it seems like this was his dream fight. He's been calling out Manny Pacquiao since 2013, 14. Um, He's been calling out Pacquiao for a long time, and he's finally got his wish. Now he's at 40, what, 42 years old, 41, 42 years old. You know, how Manny Pacquiao is going to be, I don't know. But it's July 20th, MGM Graham, uh, Keith Thurman, one time is his nickname. Guy got excellent power with the left hook. Um, left uppercut. Uh, he can box well. He's got good power, but he can box well. Um, not super great, but well enough. Then you got, um, you know, Manny Pacquiao with the whole campaign of trying to get Floyd Mayweather back in the ring. So he's trying to make this fight look real impressive for him in the victory so he can make, you know, Floyd Mayweather feel like, hey, if he could beat Manny, then, you know, I can come back and fight him, and you know he think you know he he's trying to lure Floyd back in the fight. He's even signed without Heyman to even try to get Floyd back in the ring. So that's the you know that's the things that people don't talk about. But Keith Thurman, just to put people on notice about who he is, man, he's a guy that really is a good boxer, um, but can lose this fight because you he I'm, I'm just saying like, he's not what you call, like, he can get with a body shot and he can change some. He can get hit in the face. I mean, like, he's he's got a better chin than he does at the body. But, you know, no one put me past me that, you know, I, I, I mean, he, he had a he had a fight. Um, Joe Cito, Jose Cito Lopez, you know, saying, you know, put him put him in some dangerous predicaments, you know, saying in that fight. Had him against the ropes, hurt. Um, he was he was coming with rounds with landing combinations. I mean, he had him cutting off the ring. Uh, so, like, Keith Thurman was rusty. So, you know, for this being his second fight coming back, I hope he's got all of his uh, scruples together. Going against Manny Pacquiao. I mean, that's Manny Pacquiao. I mean, don't care how old he is. He still looks in great, great shape. He's moving quick. He's one Floyd. He's one Floyd Mayweather. That's the bottom line. But that is going to be uh, July 20th, MGM Grand, pay-per-view. It should be a good fight to watch. So I just wanted to put that out there. Like I said, Terrence Crawford is waiting. Errol Spence Jr. is waiting to see what's happening. Uh, Errol Spence is looking to wait to see who's going to win this fight. He's got a fight coming up against Sean Porter. Um, Sean Porter, WBC uh, welterweight champion. Um, his last fight, I ain't going to sit there and say he looked dominant. He didn't. I'm not going to say he looked horrible. He didn't. But he didn't look the greatest. So... He better clean up some things going into a fight against somebody that's a little longer, somebody that's not intimidated, and somebody that will go to the body. He's not going to headhunt you. No need. Uh, don't forget, on deck, we got Tony Harrison, Jamel Charlo. That's going to be coming up. Uh, what, June? That, that, that's coming up June. That's coming up before uh, Manny and uh, um, Pacquiao and Keith Thurman. I believe that fight is scheduled for June 19th or something like that. Um, that should be a good one. Um, that's in the uh, junior middleweight division, 154 pounds, where Tony Harrison beat Jamel Charlo. And Jamal Charlo said, hey, no more main events for my brother. You know what I'm saying? We're going to be focused. Got a little too caught up in everything. Uh, he's got a fight coming up later on this year on his own term. Home, 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 home. That's, everybody wants to fight at home. He's fighting at home. So hopefully he can do better than Jared Hurd, who who uh, went up against somebody that I knew he could lose to in J-Rock. So Julian Williams from Philly, Eagles fan versus Redskins fan, and we saw who got the better of that. Um, but in boxing, I mean, that's what we got going. I mean, we got, we got guys that can catch a spark and have everybody know who they are. We got guys that's really good. People don't know who they are. And we got guys that, you know, saying the casual fans, it's like, you know, I heard of him before. I heard of him. This always happens. But, you know, boxing's starting to open up. It's starting to appeal 
some more layers and and uh, some things. But I think with the social media thing, it's really helping it keep it going. Uh, Tank Davis, guys like that getting into it. I mean, that's all good stuff. I mean, because it makes people like, man, I'm, I can't wait to see this fight. Casual fans and, and hardcore fans. So, yeah, that's always good. Um, but, yeah, definitely Manny Pacquiao and uh, Keith Thurman. That should, that should be a good one, July 20th. So, now, moving on from there, we're going to talk about the game. Last night, Milwaukee, Toronto. Here we are, game four. Um, we got in a situation where... Really, Milwaukee has to come out like gangbusters. They're at home, you know. They feeling it, and it's 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 a moment to where like, hey, let's 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 go ahead and let's go ahead and get this real quick, guys. You know, no, no, they weren't at home. I'm talking about. Yeah, they were at home. I'm tripping. Um, that was game five. I said game four. That was game five. Um, they were at home, looking looking real good. It was a fourteen to seven, like fourteen to four in the first quarter. Um, they they went they was they was hitting their shots. Um, Bledsoe came out there with some high energy. Greek Freak looked good, looked decent. But what comes down to it is that when you have lows of missing shots or or, or just giving up the ball, I mean Toronto played excellent defense throughout the game, minus the first few minutes. They hunkered down. They played good defense. But the main thing was they made shots on, on their turnovers. You score off a turnover is demoralizing for a team that can't just score. Because what worked for Boston game one against Milwaukee is working for Toronto in two straight games. Build a wall. Make sure Greek Freak has to feel like he has to drive through it, make a Euro step and all that stuff. He will turn it over or pass it. He's turned it over more than, than, more than anything trying to do that. So you got in the course of the game where in the second quarter, Toronto was coming back. Fred, Fred Van Fleet, Josh Powell, guys like that hitting threes left and right. Kawhi Leonard helping out in, the, in that in that process too. I think it was one point in that game, he hit two back-to-back step-back threes. Oh, Kyle Lowry making hustle plays, making passes out of his ass. Serge Ibaka all over the boards. Finishing garbage uh, uh, points, you know, saying hustle points as you want to call it. Um, you know, just doing all the little things. You, it just those are the things where the playoff veteran ship that that Toronto is going to be leaning towards is actually coming paying off. I didn't think it would, but it's paying off. You have a situation where. Two teams are trying to figure out how they can be dominant defensively. Because you see Milwaukee, they're trying. You know, it's hard to stop Kawhi Leonard driving to their rim. Because if you stop him, he's going to pass it. It's hard to stop Van Fleet coming through the screen or whatever like that to get open to shoot that shot. It's hard to deal with Pascal Siakam, who after, you know, game seven of the uh, Toronto Philly series, he's been playing above average for to, for Milwaukee to come back and win that game one you would think like man this this series really is over but nah it's not because now you got a team that's won three in a row Kawhi Leonard banged up at that still giving you 37 6 and 7 unbelievable it's unbelievable Greek Freak had 20 what 26 points Missing free throws down the end. I think he had like eight rebounds and uh, six assists. Just nothing from nobody else because the one person I'm going to get on to is Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton. Don't know what's his deal. Don't know what or why he is looking like he's looking. When I'm saying what is wrong with him, he's driving to the rim. You're a six eight. Backcourt, almost frontcourt guy. And you are throwing up runners like you're Steph Curry. And they're not hitting no type of success. I think he hit one. But, geez, he gets to the lane. You can use your size, man. Go get fouled. He throwing up that runner thinking, like, oh, I can be like Harden. Like, Harden does that. They don't do that every time. 
But he goes up with a with something that's serious. I mean, like Chris Middleton just want to be this jump shooting runner guy. You know, saying it just it baffles me. And he he looks aggressive getting the ball to try to make a first move. It just he is not in his element. He needs another year of playoffs or something like that because it just he don't have it. He don't look like he has it. So that's big. Then. You got Brooke Lopez, who hit his first three in the fourth quarter. That's not working. Eric Bledsoe's not shooting at a good level. But they're still shooting. If I'm not mistaken, they shot like 40. They were like 8 for 24 at one point. It was in the fourth quarter. He's like, God, please, guys. Hang it up at some point. But getting to the rim is getting very hard against this Raptor team. And they have figured out ways to win this game. The series. Fourth quarter comes, you got Milwaukee coming all the way back. It was 90-92. And when you, when you think, like, man, like, the situation where I think it was, like, Marcus saw, they let all, they let, it was where Kawhi Leonard, I think it was around that time, it was, like, a couple, maybe, like, a minute or so went down, whatever. It was a possession where they needed a rebound so bad. Kawhi Leonard sitting there getting the post with Malcolm Brogdon guarding him. Malcolm did a good job for him to shoot the turnaround. He misses the turnaround, but badly, by the way. And then you you have two people there. You got Chris Middleton, and you got Brooke Lopez, and you got Marcus Saul. Marcus Saul got the ball in the foul. How does that happen? It's unheard of. It's unreal. It's like there's no way that he should, in a possession like that where you need a rebound to come down there, they would have been down two. Or down three. One of, I think it was either down, I think it was going to be down two. If they, no three if they'd have made that. It's just easy, just something simple. Kawhi Leonard, man, palming the ball, just going, you know what I'm saying? Like, the way he does it is crazy to me. But the, when he wants to take over, when he wants to to really get you a bucket the way he does it, man, it just it reminds you of Kobe a lot. He's bigger, he's, you know, more shy, more kind of like his demeanor is more stale. But he he's, he's, he's just a totally different person. But plays like the Mamba because he wants to go work out with him, but he just plays like him. Just You can tell certain little things, man. Like the first two dribbles when he puts the ball on the ground between the legs and then whatever move you're going to do, that's Kobe. It's crazy, man. And Serge Ibaka, man, you know, like I said, that guy's playing basketball, man. Serge, he blocked off. Got a big ups to him, but you know, putting in Josh Powell, that's that's changed things. Everybody said, you know, months ago when they made the trade for DeRozan and Kawhi Leonard, it's like everybody knew what they was gonna get. And they got it. A person that's one game away from going back to the finals where he was MVP. He's like, I'm getting back there. But, you know, look at some of the things that can go down. If he was on this team and that team in the West, who's the same? But he's that good. You never know. He's like, you can't count out of Kawhi Leonard. He's certified real good, like damn good. Like he should be named the best player in the world. But you got Kevin Durant. You got guys like that. Steph Curry's getting crept back into the, the conversation of best player in the world. So Kawhi Leonard got a stiff competition. But he's playing excellent. He's a strength with speed, with mind, with with touch, all that stuff. Kawhi Leonard, man, he's stepping up. He's making the role players step up in the biggest stage. Because Van Fleet, I believe, was at like six for either like six or seven from, uh, uh, or, uh, you know, threes last night. I mean, he went crazy. You know, the one, I remember it was like the shot. It was uh, fourth quarter, and Brooke Lopez got left open and he hit the three. I said, oh, that's going in. But they come right back down and let open three. And it's like, you let Van Fleet shoot an open three, he's going to make it. And he made it. So it's like, what you just did down that court didn't mean nothing. I don't know what's up with Milwaukee, but I know that with Greek Freak, you can't dribble past four people, man. That is that, is that good. Now, if it was the, a team that's horrible in the NBA, they would have moved. 
But you are in the playoffs, bro. You're going to end up banging yourself up more, getting cramps and stuff like that, just trying to do too much with the whole trying to get to the rim thing when they're creating a wall. You know what I'm saying? But Middleton is the real person of concern of fan. Like, man, we get all the way here, and Connington is shooting better than you. Connington. Just keeping it real, man. It's not fair how he makes it to his point. He's a first-year All-Star, and he, he, he gave you he gave you 320 points a game. So why can't we have it now? It's weird, man. Greek's doing his part. You know, Brooke Lopez had his game. He has moments. Everybody has moments. Brogdon is playing good defense on certain people, not really so much Durant, but they're the best defender he got. Other than Greek, who's not, you know, Greek was blocked twice by Siakam in the last, what, two games? It's a good series for defense, but it's just like when it comes down to this situation, it's like who's going to be more wanting it? And, and wanting it meaning like going by uh, just knowing what you know and getting it done. Like Milwaukee should just look at it like, hey, we need to figure out a way to get back to our comfortably score points. They're rushing threes, man. They're like, oh, my God. You know, they come back. They came back twice in that game. They were winning. They got came back and they took the lead. They came back again, just like they came back whenever they was down 85 to 81 or 95 to 81, something like that. It's just weird, man. It was 80, what, 85? They came back and still just couldn't do it. Greek freak, man. He, you know, he, he feeling like, man, I'm going to MVP, man. It's the best team in the league, man. Like, we're going to be fine. Like, you got to be. Hey, Drake is hyped. Y'all hear Drake? Y'all heard Drake on the beginning of my episode. That man said, we are a college basketball team. And you know what that means? But he's basically saying, like, man, we are hype. We are lit. We are different than any other city right now. We've been here with four times. DeRozan. Lowry. Guys like that just was not trying to help him through it. Valachunas. So this is this is the thing. This is the this is this is it right here, man. Like we the north, you know what I'm saying, going against the dubs. Or you know, we had we had the Bucks going against the Dubs. Because like I said, game this game six is not like this this look at this. Let's look at it this way. How can how can we how can we sit there and say that this is weird? It's like how can we sit there and say that Greek freak, you know, what I'm saying could you know how you sitting there saying this interview like we we're not like we're the best team in the league. We're gonna, like are y'all really playing like that right now? But y'all this is the thing you don't have to clear up. I'm gonna tell you for y'all to listen to. If y'all to feel like y'all the best team in the league, y'all gonna come back and win this series from catastrophically losing four games in a row. This is catastrophic. This is what you have to do. You gotta punch them in the mouth, be more physical, because they are doing that more than y'all. The most important thing is that calm down on the three-point shots. Y'all can get to the free throw line. Y'all had a game to where y'all could have just just kept working on that. Get to the line. Get into the line. Get into the line. Play percent. Shoot your mid-range jump shots. Then you shoot your threes in there. I just thought they settled so much. And I'm not sitting there saying they shot. I mean, it just it's points of the game. You just get your two. That's what I'm saying. Instead of just like, wait, jacket three. You know what I'm saying? Because you got to make it to where Brooke Lopez under there now. Brooke Lopez got a rebound at the three-point line, made a pump fake, drove to the basket, laid it, laid it up. It was crazy to see him do that. But be down there already. Don't have him just sitting out there all day. He's not going to shoot eight threes a game. Greek Freak got to just, you know, hey, you got to work on the mid-range, man. Because at that point where you lost the ball with two minutes left, three minutes left, when you flying down the court and you sit there and just dribble it up, like, you try to shoot a jumper. At this point, you need to learn it because it's like you can hit a, you can hit a competent shot. 
with a, using a jumper. You can do that. But you can't not work on it to where you find yourself thinking you're going to bulldoze past four people. It was 4-1. Gave it up. Bucket Toronto. It a foul. Now, he came back and blocked the shot. No, it wasn't a foul. He came back and blocked the layup and then see I can grab the rebound and dunked it. So it's just like, man, like, like, you got all the hustle in the world, man. Just use your teammates. In no situation, something big could happen. You know, I ain't, everybody ain't hitting on off cylinders. Brogdon ain't. Middleton's not. And all that stuff. What bloop de whoop They bringing in Connington to try to, you know what I'm saying, bring some shooting. But the Raptors have flipped this series, man, to where they've looking like the better team. They've won three in a row. Um, you know, uh, it just, you know. Middleton though, man. I'm telling you, Middleton is the one. Middleton is my is my public enemy number one in this. If they lose this series, I'm not gonna bash the man, but he's gonna be another topic of discussion. Help your help your superstar. The man had twenty eight points. Twenty six, twenty eight points. Help him out. Don't drive to the lane and throw up that pussy ass little runner. It's just oh my God. It's just jeez. I just want to throw up when I kept watching. I'm like, oh, Middleton's driving to the rim. He stops, shoots a floater. I remember one time he shot at the dotted lines. It wasn't even a jumper. It was just weird. Weird. They took him out. Shoot, booty hoser was like, well, come out then, man. Get the fuck out. He took everybody out. He took the whole start lineup out. He wasn't playing. He was not playing, man. I just like on the NBA 2K. I got, I play with a friend of mine, uh, Sam Jones, part of Pick and Roll Podcast, man. And we, we got a co-op, you know, since season, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, in this instance, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's the, the veteran. He got he got a couple, he got a year on me. I'm the rookie. But we both, ratings-wise, is pretty good. Very good. But, you know what I'm saying? I got to, you know, where he's going to be leading the scoring, I got to have my way, too. He can't just lead the scoring. We win the game off of that. I, even in a video game, as authentic and simulated the NBA 2K is, you have to shoulder the, you have to have, you got to have somebody to help. All right, just like we played a game seven against LeBron James. He had 50. I got to work my way up there to get that 30. I can't have 15. So Chris Middleton, if you're listening to a random podcast out there and you hear a guy named Sauce telling you, on Soft Straight Talk Show, get your shit together, man. Be you. Be, but you got to get to the rim and finish with a layup. Get to the line. You see the ball going to the basket. Your threes might start going in. You can't just go in the playoffs thinking like, see, my specialty is. You got to go around your specialty. Steph Curry, you know what his specialty is. Run without the ball. Catch, shoot, throw up the little thing up to the Lord. But you gotta have more than that. So he's doing more. He's driving. He's getting to the rim. He's playing good defense. He's, yeah. Like, come on. I mean, look at. Let's say, look at somebody like a, a Fred Van Fleet. You know what I'm saying? Like he's 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 stepping up, man. He's like, hey, you know, I'm a person that's coming in for Lowry. Lowry's up there and getting longer the tooth. I got to bring this energy. I got to bring this type of Jameer Nelson type vibe. And that's who he reminds me of right now. He reminds me of Jameer Nelson. Just somebody could just come in there and just, just hit shots, but be scrappy at that. Jameer Nelson. But like I said, Toronto just starting to have a little bit too much of flashbacks of, you know, saying the times they've lost in Western Conference Finals. And now they're looking at guy freaking Kawhi Leonard. They're not going back fishing. They don't want to go back fishing. And I completely understand it. Um, the Golden State Warriors, you know, they, they're chilling. They, they're getting themselves prepared. Final schedule's out. Whoever's going to win, it's going to be cracking off. What is it? Uh, it'll, be, it'll be starting off what, if, if whatever how this game goes. I think either Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday, one of those, games, one of those days, it cracks off. All I know is that the Warriors, ever, ever since they won the series, that started a nine-game rest, a nine-day rest. So that's that's pretty damn good. For the rant, 
for even DeMarcus Cousins, for him saying that he wants to come back. I mean, will it hurt? Um, speaking of Gold State, we'll move the subject here. We're going to turn the tables a little bit. We're going to talk about somebody. Somebody, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to break this down, man. I'm so upset. And, and you know what I'm saying? Like I said, man, best of luck to both Milwaukee and Toronto in that game seven. I mean, that game six. I uh, hope no big injuries happen. I hope it's, hope it's just as entertaining as it's been in the rest of the whole series um, with some overtime games and all that. But I'm like I said, moving on. Talk about Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. Now, let's, let's, let's go to history. Kevin Durant for number one. And I'm doing this without a paper, pen, and pad. It's off the top of the dome. It's like I do it. It's like a freestyle. Got the Ric Flair drip on me. Woo! Notorious Gooch. Y'all need to go listen to him. Spotify, iTunes, wherever they play music. And you stream it. You research it. Notorious Gooch. G-O-O-X-H. Go listen to him. Go listen to Get Mine. One of the best songs I done heard in a long time. So, Get Mine. Now, Kevin Durant. Break us down. Now, you're a person that seems like you're highly, you know, Skip Bayless. I'm going to start from Skip. Skip Bayless loved Kevin Durant. Loved him. Kevin Durant could do no wrong. He was always in Russell Westbrook. Kevin Durant needs more shots. He should have the ball at the end of the game. Kevin Durant still is Kevin Durant dead. He even got mad at Kevin Durant whenever he worked out with LeBron James. He said, no, Kevin. Like, you try to tell him, like, no, he's going he's gonna to make you his friend and you're not going to. All that stuff. Kevin, Skip Bayless said one slight criticism. One slight criticism to Kevin Durant. And this man said, Skip don't know shit about basketball. I don't pay no attention to Skip Bayless. So Skip was like, okay, so how you feel? All right. All the good things I've said about you was the one time I sit there and say something you want to say, I don't know nothing about basketball, so all those times I said good things about you, I didn't know what I was talking about. Hmm. That's funny how that works. Next, Kevin Durant. Interviews, post-game interviews. I mean, he's had things where he's got defensive, pushy, you know, saying, I don't want to hear that shit, or, you know, uh, answering Russell Westbrook's questions whenever asked about, uh, you know, deferring or, or saying, like, do you think in the fourth quarter, like, you know, always jumping to his, you know, those types of things. Then one thing I remember when he was at OKC was a moment with the game, the rapper. He's at his house in California. They're playing basketball, but they make a wager. Um, um, the game has an AAU team. He plays in the Drew League. I think it was a bet made that, hey, are you capable of making this shot right here on the spot? You miss it. You buy my AU team. All, you know, KDs, the new KDs. Bet. He takes a shot. Kevin Durant misses a shot. You got to come up with your bet. Game never did get shoes. Not to my knowledge. And, you know, until he busted them out. So I don't know what happened after that. But all I know is that Kevin Durant did not own up to this side of the deal. And then try to go on social media and say that the game was lying. But game was like, nah, we got it on film. Which he did. Kevin Durant missed a shot. We saw it happen. Now, the one thing we can see is that, you know, shaking hands, making the bet and all that stuff. But if you got a bunch of people out there and they sitting there watching him to take one single shot, you got to kind of think that this is a bet. So that was one. That was just that. That would make that was like, come on, Durant. Like Jesus, you know what you thought? Like, shoot, game knocked people out. I've seen it, but he ain't gonna touch Kevin Durant. That's a totally different thing. You get involved with the NBA. And the game trying to keep his his image good enough. So you have those things, and then you got him coming up with the Players Tribune, so he can basically talk shit. Then he makes a burner account. So he can talk shit to people on Twitter without knowing it's him. Nifty. Gosh. I know I've missed some things, but I'm just the bigger thing. Then you have the moment with Draymond Green, which I think is more Draymond Green on that, but, you know, uh, that's something I'm just like to say to where, like, Durant, to me, felt like, 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 
I think in the moment we're in a situation which I never really said this by looking at it in hindsight with looking at Kevin Durant, like he could have waited to the locker room and been like, bro, give me the ball next time, man. Don't don't do that on the court and try to make it seem like, oh, Durant's posing his will on Draymond Green, who is the lower of the totem pole. Draymond probably flew off the handle because of that reason itself. Plus he knew, like, dog, you about to leave. Like, I was on this team first. I got to, you know, that's why I said in the locker room it probably would have went over better instead of what it really would happen. But you never know what the things that Kevin Durant have said to Draymond during his tenure as the, as the Warriors so thus far. With that being said, you know, Kevin Durant, to me, just somebody that's just like a kid. He's like a kid. And because I just one time that I was going to believe him, take his side, because me being somebody who want to be, uh, be on TV like the analysts I see, Max Kellerman, Stephen A. Smith, Chris Bessard, Rob Parker, Colin Cowherd, I'm just naming scrambling names, not ranking them. All these guys I want to be like, it just, you don't have favorites and you have favorites and all that stuff like that. And my thing was that for this moment of entertainment, as funny as hell to me, is that I'm taking care of the red side and I'm hoping that Chris Bessard is wrong. I have no ill I have no ill will towards Chris Bessard. He's not one of my favorite animals. Does a great job. As far as basketball goes, he's in the top three. I like Stephen A. I like Will Bond. I like hearing uh, some NBA things from NBA players, too, that are analysts out there, Chauncey Billups and guys like uh, uh, um, Jalen Rose. Now, Chris Bassard, I, I, I was sitting there laughing. I said, ooh, he, I said, he taking the page out of Stephen A. Smith, you know, me and Kevin Durant, because the whole thing was that Kevin Durant, Saw a tweet or saw a comment or it was put on Twitter that, you know, Chris Broussard said, hey, if the Warriors win a championship without Kevin Durant, this could be his worst nightmare as far as regarding somebody made a tweet. He, he, he uh, replied to the tweet as far as saying, like, yeah, it could be a, it could be a nightmare for him. And meaning that you are not present and they blow through and win the finals. What did they really need you for? Now the whole thing of saying that you joined a front-running type team is really true, even though – he had to step up and hit two big shots in LeBron James' face in the finals two times in a row. Whenever Steph and Clay was shooting like some little toddlers. I mean, like one for 10, and Clay was like three for six days or some shit like that. You know, that's neither here nor there. I'm saying Kevin Durant might feel like, damn, he might be right. So what he does, he gets on Twitter and he goes, damn. Like, really? Can't be that bad. You know, it was more or less a reply to work, like Chris Broussard said in his interview uh, while he was on Undisputed, or he was on Undisputed, and he was in there saying, you know, I think he was talking about just life in general because, you know, you go through this whole hardship of, you know, trying to make it, then you make it, and then you got money and stuff like that. And then you got the people sitting there criticizing if you don't win. So people think, like, you're just miserable, but can't be if you can just go get in your Lamborghini whenever you want. And that's what LeBron James tried to say one time in the playoffs when he lost, and it came off as a bit bougie because the way he said it, how he said it, was kind of fucked up. But get back to my point, Kevin Durant answered to answered the tweet. It was talked about on Chris Broussard. I mean, it talked about on Undisputed with Chris Broussard, and he aired out his thing, and he said, hey, I'm going to keep it real. I got messages, at least about 70 messages of Kevin Durant and me and him having a talk and him talking to me first. And we've texted each other for four to seven straight hours about life, faith, basketball, and all that good stuff. Christianity. All through that time, Kevin Durant gets on Twitter and goes, Cap, 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 cap. If people don't know, that means lying. No cap means you're telling the truth. Welcome to 2019 slang. Slang. Uh, Atlanta helps a lot in that slang. 12, it's police. I've heard I've heard Jay-Z say 12 in a song. So, hey, look at it now. So, my, my point is is that <laughs> got a V12, man, Jay-Z, man. Got a V12, can see 12. All right, but, uh, Cap is what he was saying. Was saying why? He said, "Bro, you don't got my number. You know what that does to a certain body's credibility in the seat of Chris Broussard." I said, "Oh snap!" Because like you lying, bro. Whoa! And I was sitting there going, "Dang, Chris Broussard lame for that lying." That's why I never liked him. 
just saying stuff like that, just like, whoa, I'm blown away. All through the day, man, it was 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock. Like everybody's sitting there talking about it, like, dang, man, wow, Durant's a savage. Twitter's on his side, everything. I'm on his side. I'm like, this is crazy. 11 o'clock, about close to midnight, Chris Broussard drops a video on Twitter. I saw it when he dropped at least about 10 minutes prior. And or after he did it, and 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 you know he sit there and said what he said in a minute, man. He sit there and, and broke it down. He sit there and said, "Hey guys," and I'm and you know what? I'm a I'm a kind soul that's going to sit there and help out, and and and, uh, and uh, let that and let that play out because this is Chris Brosart. Let me start this off by saying I like and respect Kevin Durant and am not trying to continue a Twitter beef with him. However, he did challenge my credibility and I must respond to that. In my telephone, I have more than 60 direct messages from Kevin Durant on Twitter and Instagram since February of 2018. These were conversations initiated by KD himself. We talked about a lot of the things I talked about on Undisputed and some of these conversations lasted more than five hours. If you you want to argue over the difference between a text and a dm in the year 2019 go right ahead but to me it's all the same thing for those of you who want me to publish these dms it's not going to happen out of respect for kd those texts will remain pri- and that was chris bizarre keeping it 100 and i said damn I posted it immediately. You can find me, Justin Austin, A-L-S-T-O-N. Facebook, I keep updates, just like I do on Instagram, Soft Straight Talk Show. I, I, you know, sometimes I post on TikTok, man. You'll find updates for me on TikTok. Go find me. That is at Ricky Sauce LA. So, that's R-I-C-K-Y-S-O-S-S. LA. Now, Chris Broussard comes out, says that. I'm like, okay. Wow. He's not backing down for nothing. The, the main thing that he did to Kevin Durant was like, bro, you're not going to get me fired. And two, I never said I had your number. So what, what type of tra- what trolling amateur shit is this? So my immediate thing is saying, ah, Broussard, think he still could be fibbing. But what it turns out, he was not. Because the messages are there. You can't sit there and say that this man is lying when you, Kevin Durant, didn't come at him viciously the first time because he said, I know you're a real one. So I'm not, I mean, if Durant would have really came at him differently, like Chris Broussard said, is where it made him turn into a, more of a believer because he said, he's came at me harder on DMs. Than what he did on that tweet, because he like he said you're a real one, but come on, bro. Like, but he, Durant would have really savagely went at him at the first time. That's one telling thing. Two, like he said, I never said I had your number. And if that was the case, then I could have had an old number if you sitting there trying to play like you. I don't got your new number. You got Instagram Messenger, you got Facebook Messenger, you got all these different type of ways to communicate. Now texting is texting. I don't know if people don't know or not. Phone calls are phone calls. Texting is texting. You can call people on Twitter. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, you can call, no, you can call people on Messenger. You can call people on Snapchat. You can call, I think you can't call people on Twitter. No, 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 you can't. So, I mean, it just, it just, it just, it blows my mind. It blows my mind. But anyway, my thing is this, Kevin Durant, you're a kid that, it's highly sensitive. You come from one of the most, like, you're not, even, like, the where you're from, you're not even supposed to be like that. Like, from where you are from, you are from the DMV. You're from freaking D.C., bruh. You are from, you, you're not, you came up raw, rough. Just like Mike Epps said on next Friday, it's raw, rough. Like, bro, like, you should not be acting the way you acting. I was on your side, man. Like, you, you're a liar. And plus, you're a bully. Thirdly, you are a kid. Seven-foot kid. 
highly talented can hit threes anywhere. But I'm just saying, man, like, I just I hope the team you go to, they just have you. Because you don't need star teammates. You, you, you are hurt and acting like you are out of the playoffs right now. You're just hurt. You're still on the team. You're still going to get a ring. Why are you acting like you at home and frustrated and you just want to fuck with people? An analyst. Somebody who probably admires you. But says, hey, I got to be, I got to do my job. And here you try to put my job in jeopardy by saying I'm lying. Come on, Kevin, man. For once, I sit there and try to give you the benefit of the doubt, and you do this to me. My cousin Dominic, rest in peace, man. You know, he would have been like, damn, Durant. Like, <laughs> sad. Rest in peace, Dominic Clark, man. He would have, he would have, he would have really been like shocked with that, man. You don't understand. He would have been right here beside me on this podcast. I guarantee you that. But I just, I just can't believe that you know somebody had MVP, scoring titles, rings, and acts like that. That's weird to me. That's very weird to me, man. That's this is weird. This is weird. It's like that's something like a immature. That's something like a D'Angelo Russell should do. You know, the guy who puts weed in an Arizona iced tea bottle and try to take liquid on the plane. Oh, boy. But anyway, I want to talk about the all-team. Now, I'm, I'm dead off that. My final thought is that Chris Broussard, you did a good job of covering your own ass. You did it in a classy, cool way. Most importantly, you showed Kevin Durant that you must, you might have the star power Players Tribune, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, you can't bully people and make people and thinking like, because that was a troll move. That was like a, that was, like I said, it was a kid move, man. So I'm going to keep it moving. Chris Bessard did a good job of that. And they, they went on for three days. Indisputed got great ratings from it. I think today they were talking about who was better between Allen Iverson and Steph Curry because Steph Curry is now stepping up into that best player in the world conversation again. With the play he's been having, and I said, "Hey, I think Steph is better than Allen Iverson." So I don't want to piggyback or copy off of their topic, but I do think Steph Curry is better than Allen Iverson. I'm gonna leave it at that. Keep it moving. First team, second team, third team. All those players get named and selected, and we got to talk about who gets snubbed and who this and stuff like that. People were fans of the teams, and they're like, my guy got snubbed, or oh, my guy got snubbed. It's some bullshit. So we're going to talk about that. First team, we had Steph, Harden, Greek, Har- uh, uh, Jokic, People were like, man, where's Dame at? Where's Dame at? Hey. Dame didn't do too bad. Dame didn't do bad at all because he got second team. Also in that second team, Durant. LeBron James, he settles at the third team. I ain't heard no disappointing words or something like that out of him. Or He's grateful for many first teams he done had. Didn't make the playoffs and still able to make a third team. Not bad. The big one is, though, because Dame Little is not a snub. It would have been nice for him to make another first team all, all NBA, but he's not beating out nobody. I mean, the only person that you could say, and that's because of injury and, and games played and it still didn't matter, would be Steph. And he can't beat out Steph in that instance because he just played better. And their 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 box scores. I mean, if you could say for season wise stats, I mean, like they're not that far off. But you look at success and everything like that. Plus, you look at the fact you got swept by this man again. I mean, like I just look at that. I would put that down on the ledger. So Steph gets the first team nod. The one to talk about is that Clay Thompson didn't make neither, and has lost big time money. I'm talking about at least about thirty million dollars. Off of Max Deal, Super Max, he could have got up to a hundred. I think, what was it like two? He could have got up to two hundred million dollars 
for Supermax. Now I think he's only around, which is still a lot of damn money, but $180-some million. That hurts. Because he had, he had a chance to make some money money. And that means he had leverage to go and look at other teams and see teams that wanted to give him that that possibly could have been opening to win championships. Lakers. That was the first thing I thought about. Clippers. You know, teams like that. So now you got Klay Thompson like, damn, like he wasn't happy. I wouldn't be either. Wouldn't you be, wouldn't you be pissed off if you played a season the way he played? He, he didn't have the best season, but it just, he had one, I think, that could have granted him to be in one of those teams. But look at Blake Griffin, man. That man had 20, he averaged 27, 7, and 5 or something like that, man. It's fucking ridiculous. I mean, uh, or no, no, it was like a double-double damn near, I think. You're not beating out LeBron James. Kimball Walker, proud of him for making it. Kimball, that was a big, you know, for him to just make it, period. That was wonderful. I'm happy for Kimball Walker. So, you know, saying no real snubs in this one. I think the NBA got it right. Um, now we just got to worry about the awards now. I think uh, I think MVP is going to be Greek. Uh, I don't think the playoff performances matter too, too much. And he's not playing horrible in these playoffs. There's no these conference finals. It's just that when people look at it now, if they get beat, people will be like, oh, Harden need to go and win that, man. But Harden, look what he did against the Warriors. So you got two guys that's really falling short in the – in the shit, in a sense. But one made it further. But they're both were having a rough time, and they both, both might be eliminated here. And it's going to be the battle MVP of guys that's just not there. Interesting. Because in the last, say, few years, I mean, like, you look at guys like if LeBron wins it, he's going to be in the shit. Steph won it two times in a row, made it to the finals. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, Russell wins it. We already know. Then, you know, saying James Harden finally wins it and goes to the Western Conference Finals. It would be nice to see if LeBron could have got another one, which I don't think he's going to win another MVP the way these players are playing because, I mean, you got players down to the center like Jokic, who's not even, I don't think, the best center in the league is, is really turning up. I mean, you got players like Bradley Bill, you know what I'm saying, that's starting to, to really turn up. You know what I'm saying? And he's, you know what I'm saying, looking to, to possibly, not him looking, but he might be on the move. You never know. It's a lot of trade rumors going around, man. Kyrie is on the top of that. Um, you know, of course, Bradley Bill's been mentioned in some trades. And all these have been linked to Lakers, of course, and some other teams. But, you know, AD is that number one guy. If AD gets moved somewhere, people going to know from freaking Indonesia all the way to South Dakota. I don't even think people know NBA in South Dakota. I'm being funny. Got the home of the Jackrabbits up there at South Dakota State. They've been to the tournament a few times. Now, I'm just saying, with these trade rumors, man, is it funny? Because, you know, some of them are fake. A lot of them are fluff. Some of them are real and all that good stuff. But we got eight minutes. I'm going to break the, this last thing down, and we'll keep it moving. And I wanted to talk about real quick, and uh, as the show ends, is that... Like, with how this 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 layout is is starting to to, to turn up the way it Warriors Bucks or Warriors wraps out there. I talked about this a little bit on the last episode. Is that what are we going to do in the future with the NBA? Because it's it's rocking, it's doing great. But what the changes that we've always been talking about is like the playoff seating. Games in the regular season, I don't think that should change because of the money. But if you look at certain, like, little things, like, I always said, like, bring back the nickname jerseys. Um, I think bringing that back was, is more fun with the whole city, with the city jerseys. Because I think more of that makes more money. It makes people want to go buy that jersey and stuff like that. And I think they, they need to do better with the instant replay. Um, the instant replay thing... Uh, with a couple plays in the regular season and then in the in the finals, like, they still need to shorten up the time of that um, on simple plays. Um, really tough calls, you know what I'm saying? Like, do we, they need to change things. My thing, This is my biggest gripe. When the ball gets slapped out of somebody's hand, 
the ball gets slapped out of somebody's hand. And I swear to God, to my days of playing basketball, it was almost like if I went up for a rebound and I get one hand on it, and say a guy comes and smacks it out of my hand, say I might get two hands on it. And he smacks it out of my hand. And when he smacks it out of my hand, it might just slash, 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 slide off my, off my pinky. NBA Instant Replay is going to call it off of me, and I don't understand that. Not one stinking bit, man, because in the years of basketball, if it was the person who forcefully knocked it out. So what I'm saying is that when you in real time see Ka- Ka- Kawhi Leonard come down and smack the ball out of somebody's hand like on a steal attempt, it might hit their hand again and go out, and y'all going to point in the direction of their ball still. But no, when it gets down to the minute nook and cranny, you're going to try to see if a freaking fingernail touches the man's finger to see if the ball going to stay the same or not. There's no consistency there for that. I just, that's the biggest gripe I have with instant replay is the fact that they can't get that right. Other things like that in basketball is not like football where you got major changes, I feel like, to catch and stuff like that. But uh, I think they need to check and see if, if they want to add in for, for – if you want to show a replay and try to see if somebody was out or something like that, Look at and see if the person got killed last night, Lowry. They, if, but that would have been beneficial for the Bucks. This man got fouled. <laughs> they called the foul. So that way you shouldn't free throws and the game's extended. They fouled him before he made the pass so Siakam could dunk it. Just saying. Just saying. And then you, you, you know what I'm saying? Like they, they, they uh, have issues with. Uh, with with that replay thing, and that that's the one thing. But with the playoff thing, would that be a good idea to say, you know what, first through, you know, what I'm saying first sixteen seeds, no East West, is just by record, by pure record. My my, my thing is with that is that as, it was always fun to watch the East and West battles at the finals, but it's just not so not so much fun anymore when you just watch an East series that are not really turning up like the West series are. This postseason, you know what I'm saying, kind of can show much of the same. Like, listen to this. Celtics blows through Detroit. Next thing you know, they run into a buzzsaw. You got the Nets ran into a buzzsaw. So, my point is that you got the AC Nets, I think they were the six seed Pistons, or the, from yeah, the six seed Pistons. Say like the the no eighth seed Pacers. Excuse me, sorry. Eighth seed Pacers. I mean, uh, eighth seed Magic. I'm gonna get this right. Hold on, I'm I'm, I'm tripping. I'm doing this off the top of the dome. Eighth seed Magic. Then you got the seventh seed Pistons. The sixth seed. Pacers, if I'm not mistaken, then you got the then you got the then you got the Nets. They would have been playing teams I thought would have been fun matchups to where like, you know, that would have been no, and they would have made it. What I'm talking about, they wouldn't have made it. Those teams wouldn't have made it, and those teams that didn't play good in the playoffs. What I'm saying, like those teams that didn't play good in the finals, I mean in the playoffs, they wouldn't make it. And then you would have some other like you would have you would have some real like some competition. I feel. To where it will be, yeah. I mean, you might have more West or West battles, but at least it's better. It's better on TV. It's going to be good games, and you're getting a real true rating. I think here in the next, say, three to four years, if they made that switch, it would be fine. Because, like I said, the next, I said this in a, a group of men, in the next five years, basketball is going to turn up even higher. There's talent coming in and watching the talent that's going on in the NBA now. It's a copycat sponge type of a league now to where you got these kids that are 16, 17 years old are tricking me, man. I thought Jalen Green was 25 years old. I said, Jalen Green already the best player in the NBA. This is in high school. I said, what? What? Jalen Green? Oh, my God. Like, he's going to be a monster. Oh, Wiseman? Um, um, uh, big tall guy? Uh, um, uh, Evan Mobley? Um, you got guys like Scotty Barnes is coming. Cole Anthony, of course, you know is coming. But in the next few years, you got people like Noah Farrakhan. You got players that are really good, man. Like, really, really good. And I think if they did that switch to make it by record, the playoffs are going to be lit. 
the East got too many code cities and states, man. You got too many places where people don't want to play. And that's root, and that's wrong to say because you got small market teams, can't help it. And we're about to get out of here. Got 30 seconds. But you got so much to where it's 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 got to change. It's got to change because it might make these players say, you know, I'm going to play for the damn Pistons. I'm going to play for this team. Never know because those teams going to be out of it all the time. They might want to go over there. Just might help it. The East-West thing it might have ran its course. Unless you want to make the all-star thing more interesting interesting or something like that. I don't know. But I just I just don't think in the next five years we should be going east and west, eight seeds on the west, eight seeds on the on the east. So this is about episode of Salt Straight Talk Show. Hope you all enjoyed it. Catch me on the next one. Y'all have a good one.